Well, that was something. Boston College drops their Monday night game against Albany, a team that was 2-7, and 61-57. We're going to dive in and dissect this awful matchup on today's Locked On Boston College. You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. On today's show, we're going to look at the the bad beat, the, the game that everyone is talking about, BC losing to Albany. We're also going to look at National Signing Day. I have a little bit I want to talk about there. And then I'm going to talk about AJ Dillon, who is having an amazing season. But let's, we'll start off with, with the, the current game, the, the game on Monday where Boston College falls to the Albany Great Dane, 61-57. I didn't even know who Albany was before this game, but they get a win over Boston College, so that's something. Well, this is a game that's called the buy game, where BC pays the team to come in so they could probably beat them. And as we've seen over the past five, ten years, those games don't ever always mean what they actually say they're going to mean. We've had losses to Hartford, Lowell, Nichols, uh, Uwe Pui, or whatever that team was. We lost to the Oompa Loompa University. They've lost to... South Park Elementary High School. I mean, it, they, they've lost to everybody over the last 10 years. These losses are not surprising for Boston College. What was disappointing about this game was that you felt like Earl Grant had it together to win the games that he was supposed to win. That these games that Boston College goes in, they were a 16-point favorite at home at a place they haven't lost all year. You figured they were going to put it together and win. And what do they do? They looked exactly the same as they did against St. Louis. They come out and they lay a dud. They come, you know, they're playing like they're playing very poorly that first half. Their offense is awful. They they the 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 offense so badly needs a Brevin Galloway because they don't have any shooter at all. But they need someone, and that's going to be Donald Hand next year that can score consistently because you you have a bunch of guys you got Makai Ashton Langford who basically he's either going to take a really bad three or he's going to rush a shot and and either get it and it'll look really good or miss badly you have TJ Bickerstaff who was really struggling last night Demar Langford who seems to disappear for large portions of the game and then Quinton Post and James Karnick who when the team remembers they exist aren't that bad underneath the uh, underneath the rim but they don't have the guy that can stretch the floor. There's no one there that can shoot a three. And it kills them every single week. And it's just going to get worse because it's such a glaring issue. And Post and Karnick are not good enough to take over a game. They're just not. They're, they're, they'll have their moments. You know, you saw them beat up Notre Dame. But they're not going to beat uh, Clemson or Florida State or UNC or Duke. They're just not there yet. So this was also disappointing uh, for the fans, I have to imagine, too, because this was the big game for the Sickos. Now, if you haven't been paying attention, there's a bunch of guys on on BC Twitter who have been pumping this new fan base they're calling the Sickos. And if you haven't paid, if you don't know what the Sickos are, it's a meme online. I think it was from, started from The Onion where it's a guy watching like something really bad happening. He's going, yes, yes, yes. So... They've kind. Of, it's been incorporated into sports uh, for people who like to watch bad things for you know for sick pleasure, 
and the sickos uh, has caught on with a whole bunch of BC fans, but it really caught on with when BC actually acknowledged it, created shirts, and then got them on TV. Now, there didn't seem like there were that many fans in attendance that were wearing the shirts. Um, they were trying to get students in there during finals week. I heard buzz that some kids just took the shirts and walked off, which is bogus. But it stinks because Boston College desperately needs the fan inter- the student fan interest, and these guys have done a nice job with that. So to have them go out there and lay an egg against Albany – it doesn't. It just makes it bad. But I mean, you can always warp. You can always twist it because sickos are supposed to be into the bad stuff. So it's the most sickos game you can probably get watching a game like that. So what positives were in this game? I mean, BC came back, but they're playing Albany. They shouldn't have to come back against Albany. You know, on defense, there were way too many easy shots for B, for Albany down low, um, and on offense, they just. I mean, you should watch if you go back and watch. There were so many, like, just disastrous drives down the court. BC cannot do anything in transition. I don't know. They don't have the guys to move. I figured DeMar Langford could do that, but he doesn't seem to do it. And all the other guys, they seem to just get themselves into contested shots or not have enough lift to get over those dudes. Uh, They can't do it. You had, you know, guys just taking, like, there were at least two drives that I can think of in my head. One of them, I, it was one of the Langford brothers. I want to say it was Dem- Demar. You know, they make a nice stop on defense. They they had a point where they were like starting to get some energy going. They were getting into the game. I think it was either a tie or they were coming back. Or they were just getting close to it. Demar Langford gets the ball and he just huck. You know, like he didn't even pass it. He just dribbles it across half and takes a bad shot, and that was it. And then we had times where I saw, I think it was Jaden Zachary airball a three, Makai Ashton Langford airballed a three, TJ Bickerstaff, every time he got down low, he just could not get anything going. So this offense is a big problem. It, folks, this is a big problem. And I don't know how Grant can fix it. This is not this is not like some, you know, some of the older folks who like to yell at me, ah, they should just go shoot more threes. That's not gonna do it. You know, these guys have shot plenty of threes in the gym. This is where they're at. And I don't know if they can get much better in terms of shooting than where they're at right now. You can get more creative with the offensive game plan and really drive home that, like, as um, uh, as Abrams was saying on the, on the telecast, like, stop settling for these bad shots and get the ball down low, move the ball, and you can get some things going. But they would do that and then they would forget that that was working and go right back to the same crap that was getting them in trouble in the first place. So just bad loss in the grand scheme of thing. Does it mean that Earl Grant's going to be a failure? I don't think so. I mean, it's, it's depressing, but is it mean he's going to be a failure? I don't think so. I I mean, we expected this team to struggle. Uh, This, you know, this is their, this is their Valley right now. It's not going to get much lower. As I said, you know, Albany's Ken Palm rating is like three Oh seven or something like that. And this is the last gimme game for a while because they, it's just going to get harder from here. They have Wake Forest, who is nine and one coming up next. And then they play Florida state and UNC. So folks, if you thought playing against Albany looked bad, hopefully that Earl Grant will have some time to get this thing back on track. And they, you got to cross your finger that Brevin Galloway gets healthy soon. Now in a moment, we're going to talk about recruiting and get excited about where Boston College has their next recruiting class and why the 2023 class was coming out next year could be something incredibly epic for Boston College. All right, folks, it's college football season. 
I've been telling you about Prize Picks, and if you haven't signed up, what are you waiting for? In addition to college football action, Prize Picks makes college basketball more exciting. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more college basketball props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-major players you may not have heard of. PrizePix offers more props than you can think of. In basketball, you can buy points, rebounds, assists, threes, made, and way more. All of you who sign up, make sure when you make your first deposit, they're going to match up to $100. Just make sure to use promo code LOCKEDON. Use pick two to five players over under on the projections and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. You just need, you could pick mixed entries, you could do the over on Ben Simmons points, and the under on AJ Dillon touchdown runs. So that's, it's that simple. Use the award-winning app on both the App Store and Google Play. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Prize Picks is excellent. It's a, it's a great way to play and, and, and go along with some of that daily fantasy action. Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawal. Make sure you use that promo code Locked On. Or to go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Bet Online has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all of the sports action this season. Head to their new updated website or mobile interface to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use your promo code LOCKED ON to receive that bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC. Right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 21 season. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet Online, where the game starts. Welcome back to Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black, editor and publisher of BC Bulletin. I hope you're all having a great Tuesday. Tomorrow, Wednesday, is early the beginning of the early signing period. I almost called it signing day, but it's actually a period of days. It's three days where players that are uh, committed for the class of 2022 can sign their national letter of intent and be part of that upcoming class. For Boston College, they have 24 players in that class already. And really, if you're looking at the grand scheme of things, there probably won't be many surprises on Wednesday. Now, I know that's disappointing. You know, you look at these other programs, you look at the Alabamas, the Auburns, the USC's, Clemson's, they always have surprises. And I feel like that would be much, it would be much more enjoyable to watch, but that's not the system Boston College has in place. For a smaller school like BC, you know, if you follow recruiting, and they kind of go through the same cycle, even if it, if it was Jeff Halfley or if it was Steve Adazio, it all kind of goes the same way. They land kids after camps, after visits, and usually they're done by the time the regular season starts. I mean, look at this class of 2022. I think they landed two commitments after the start of the 2021 season. So it was really basically all wrapped up. That's why after this signing period is the more exciting time, honestly, for uh, recruiting. After this signing period and actually the late signing period, when they start really going after those class of 23 recruits. But I don't expect anything crazy. Now, there's two names that have been linked to Boston College. As we've mentioned, Cohen Entringer, a athlete out of Michigan, who has a final three of Boston College, Illinois, and Iowa. And he's going to be decide. or sorry, Wisconsin, excuse me. And he's going to be deciding uh, probably tomorrow. And then there is Jason Jenkins, who has a final three of Indiana, Boston College, and Pitt. Now, I said yesterday he had been flirting with Boston College. I have some more information about him on BC Bulletin this morning that you're going to want to check out um, if you're interested in what his um, status is with the team. So check that out if you want some more information on that. What I like about this class, though, and this is what I'm going to talk about, and we'll lead into tomorrow's discussion when we actually get all the kids here, is 
these are kids that are, are committed to Boston College. I, I looked back at my, my records. BC has one D commitment from this class. It was an offensive lineman. I think he ended up at a, like Central Michigan or something like that, like a Mac school after decommitting from Boston College. Other than that, BC got these kids locked in and they didn't look back. I mean, even after a 6-6 six and six season, and I know many of you were very frustrated, and some of you, I mean, gosh, if I post anything about tw- on Twitter or Facebook about um, these recruiting class, all I get is, why are they signing here? They're 6-6. Six and six. This is a bad team. They are going to all leave. Well, guess what? They're not. All these recruits, they have stuck in. They, they've got in. Get their, their hashtag get in with Jeff Halfley. And I think that's because they see the light at the end of the tunnel. They see where this program is heading and the potential of their own role in the revitalization of Boston College football. These kids see a coaching staff that is selling a dream to them and one that they want to buy into. And I think that's why you didn't see any of them wave off. You saw kids, Sione Hala, he had a huge list of offers. Quan Williams was offered by Penn State, and he's not that far away from that school. You know, these guys all wanted to be a part of Boston College football. And I think that, you know, what you're going to see now is it continue to build. Because last year's recruiting class, the class of 21, was good. You know, I think it was in the 50s and on rivals, and um, they didn't make the top 25 on SIL American. I mean, I work for Sports Illustrated, you know, and I talk to the SI All-American guys all the time. They are thoroughly impressed with Boston College's upcoming class. They have them ranked 13th in the country. Now, if you were going to ask me five years ago when Steve Adazio was here, would we ever see a recruiting class that ranked that high? And I, I bet you they'll fall. That's okay. But would we ever see that at Boston College? The answer is no. But things have changed. With the Fish Fieldhouse, with the new um, deal with Adidas, with the new coaching staff, you know, they're starting to see things and it's going to get bigger because I'm telling you right now, if you're impressed with the class of 22, this class of 23 is even more impressive. And there's more guys that are higher ranked in the class of 23 that are, are really interested in Boston College. I can tell you for a fact... Don Bosco prep offensive lineman Chase Bazonis was on Boston College campus last weekend. He is a four-star recruit with offers from Alabama, um, Clemson, Auburn, Florida, Georgia, Florida State, Miami, Michigan, Michigan State, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Oregon, Penn State. I mean, it goes on and on and on. This kid is an impressive recruit. He's ranked four-star, but he is one of the top um, offensive lineman's in the country. He's the top recruit in New Jersey. He's ranked the 53rd national recruit by 247's composite um, ranking. Now, will Boston College land him? That's going to be a bit of a, of a stretch right now, but they're in the conversation with him. He's a New Jersey guy. Jeff Halfley is a New Jersey guy. Uh, Joe Joe Daly, their wide receiver coach, is ha- highly regarded. So is Savin Huggins, their uh, assistant on the recruiting trail. What I'm saying to you folks is maybe they don't land Besantis, but this is showing you that Boston College is getting really good at, at increasing the profile of their of their recruits. They're going to go from the 50th class to probably in the top 25 to gosh knows what in 2023. And if Boston College can stay healthy, if Jakovic can stay on the field, if they can play well in 2022, look out. The 2023 recruiting class could be something that many of us have never, ever dreamed of. In a moment, I'm going to talk about one of my favorite Boston College players of the last 10 years, A.J. Dillon, and why I think he is in line for a very special end of the NFL season. 
But the holidays are around the corner and finding the perfect gift is very tricky. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send family and friends an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com and enter college into the search bar to order the perfect gift package. For $99.99, you'll get 24 entries like the world-famous bacon-wrapped filet mignons, chicken breast, sides, desserts, and so much more. When you use code COLLEGE, you'll also get an additional 8 Omaha Steak Burgers free with your order. We've all heard about the reports about shortages and shipping delays, so don't wait. Order the perfect gift package today at omahasteaks.com and you'll get 8 free burgers when you enter the code COLLEGE. Achieve gifting greatness with Omaha Steaks. Incredible flavor, incredible value, and 100% guaranteed. I love their their food. The, the bacon wrap filet mignon, I had that for Christmas about five years ago. It was one of those meals that I got in a, in a package from my wife's grandmother. Absolutely delicious and something I'll never forget. Now, you can give something your family or friend will never forget when you go to omahasteaks.com, keyword college. This is Locked On Boston College. We're going to talk a little bit more football here, but I'm going to go actually into the NFL and talk about a player that I have been enjoying all season long, and that is former Boston College running back, now Green Bay Packer running back, A.J. Dillon. Now, Dillon, he is, you know, he's been playing more and more after they, you know, at the end of last season, it was a three-headed uh, wide uh, running back room where Dylan kind of got the short end of the stick. But Jamal Williams, he headed out. I think he's with the maybe the Lions right now. But Dylan, he's now playing behind Aaron Jones. But the interesting thing is he has really grown as a player. You know, he had 70 yards yesterday on, oh, sorry, on Sunday against the Chicago Bears. He's rushed for 614 yards with two touchdowns this season. But what always floors me is that he has 27 catches for 261 yards. There goes all that talk about whether he can be a pass-catching wide uh, running back or not, right? I, I go back to that, and I always think about, you know, I bring him up again, Steve Adazio's offense where he would never throw the ball to, to, to Cor uh, A.J. Dillon, and now he has almost, he's going to finish the season with 40 catches as a running back. That's incredible. But what I'm, I'm talking about with Dillon now is he's playing well. But I think this is going to be the springboard into something special as the season progresses. Now, if you've watched the NFL, if you know Wisconsin football, you know it's going to get really, really cold now. I mean, it's probably cold now, but it's going to get really, really cold as the season goes on. And what is what is the, the biggest uh, asset a cold-weather team that could be playing in the snow could have? It's a big physical running back that's hard to tackle. And, you know, you have Aaron Jones. He's going to be good in that. But who's going to be even better? A.J. Dillon. That he's going to become a major problem. And Green Bay is going to head to the playoffs, and they're going to probably get some home games. Look for A.J. Dillon to have those kind of breakout games coming up soon. You know, he's you know when you have 70 yards, you're like, oh, that's a great game by Dillon. I'm talking multiple touchdowns, 100 yards, dominating at the line of scrimmage. Um, and, and being able to really assert himself and, and to, to, to be to, to like lessen the pressure on Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers will be able to do things, but when you have A.J. Dillon back there bashing up a, you know, a cold you know, uh, Los Angeles Rams team or something like that that's playing in Green Bay, that's going to make him that much more effective. And what I, you know, so I'm expecting Dylan to be big. You know, he's already become a huge fan favorite in Green Bay. You know, they have the the Quadzilla, the Quad Five. They have all these great nicknames for him, and they've really embraced him as a player in the Packers. So it's great to see because if you remember, I mean, 
he was so much fun to watch with Boston College. Every time Dylan touched the ball, it seemed like he was, he could break it for seventy yards. And he was he was the face of BC, you know, with the Mott's applesauce stuff, but with the physical runs and 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 the 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 big games. He every you know it seemed like every other game he had a big game. But I think it's now now time for Dylan to go national. And he's starting to get that little buzz, but I think it's going to get even bigger. And what might happen after this? Is it's gonna he's gonna put Green Bay, I I imagine, into a really tough situation because they're gonna pay they're paying Aaron Jones big money to be their feature running back. But when you have a team like that and you can rely on AJ Dillon, the younger running back who has less tread on his tires right now than Jones does in the NFL, you know, say what you will about his tread on his tires from college, but that's a whole other story. But does Green Bay Try to free up some space to just make AJ Dillon the running back after the season. You know, get another younger running back in behind Dillon, and then move Aaron Jones on and, and get another asset, and then Dillon becomes the guy for the Packers. I mean, I could see that happening. It makes sense, right? If he's able to do it at a fraction of the cost of what Aaron Jones costs, wouldn't it make sense to go buy you know Aaron Rodgers a wide receiver that could go out there to go along with Devontae Adams? I think it could. Um, and, you know, I'm not I'm not privy to all the salary cap things. I just think that he is destined to to to, to catapult this off uh, this postseason into something even bigger next year. So this this is AJ Black. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. It is National Signing Day. It's going to be a massively big big day for Boston College sports. We'll have it all covered at BC Bulletin and here on Locked on Boston College. Make sure you are subscribed to both so that you get all the news. You'll know everything that's breaking. If there's any surprises, if there are any shockers, we'll be all over that on our show and on the website. Thank you all for listening. You can follow me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC and follow the site at LockedOnBC on Twitter as well. Make sure you subscribe to us on YouTube if you've not done that already. If you have a YouTube account, it's free. All you have to do, and it helps us a ton, is go over to YouTube and hit that subscribe button. The more we get, the more people will find out about us, the bigger guests we can get on here, and the more fun we can have on Locked On Boston College. Thank you all for listening, and we'll see you all again soon. Take care, everyone.